0: Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at dmelton57. I've got three line mates with me this evening. We've got a little bit of a shuffle of the lineup, uh, but we got a we got some we got some stuff to talk about because what what else are we gonna do? Um, so up first this evening, it's the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, no doubt losing their minds right now because of what's happening in the playoffs. Uh, on Twitter, at your host's witness, it's Shepard Price.
1: Good to see the Dallas fans are reacting positively to this loss by throwing litter onto the ice.
0: Uh, you, would, you would think that <laughs> Dallas sports fans would be accustomed to postseason disappointment by him. Oh, you'd, you'd think. When was the last time the Cowboys
1: did anything in the playoffs? That's Seconds. Well, yeah,
0: exactly. That's exactly where I was going. And the Mavericks were good when Dirk Nowitzki was there, and that was a while ago. And uh, who I don't know about, they, they don't have a baseball team. I guess the Rangers, the Rangers. are close Rangers. and, and you know, was last, just outside. Yeah. When was the last time the Rangers were relevant? Also a hockey what? question. Hey, before Josh Hamilton went to rehab. <laughs> so, oh boy. Yeah. You're not wrong. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like uh, like the NBA playoff series are both, Conference finals are getting swept, and it's starting to look like we might get that in the NHL right now because, uh, as we're recording, they're going to the second intermission, and Vegas is up four to nothing. So, uh, I, I don't feel good about Dallas. They actually just said on the broadcast, um, that Dallas had a Dallas did have a three-goal comeback earlier in the season. It was against the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, but they're not playing the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, a game should, yeah. And I forgot about that game until they brought it up. And that, 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 that was not pleasant. Um, no, but also with us this, this evening, uh, she is not on Twitter, but she's at second city, second city under the name LBR. It's where she is the second city hockey bull and wall of text. I can't forget. It's Betsy.
2: I'm not, I haven't watched um, – I didn't watch either of the two games uh, prior to this, and I'm not watching this one too. I feel like I'm not missing much.
0: No, not um, really. It's like – well, like the, the – I Carolina, know the first two games were close because they
2: were in overtime, but like
0: – Yeah, like I feel like Carolina-Florida has been a lot more of a, a a much tighter, closer, like what you would expect out of a conference final and like not only close on the scoreboard, but just close in general. And uh, but like still a good, entertaining game. Even like the one to nothing game the other night was pretty fun to watch. Uh, Dallas and Vegas seem like there's a little bit of a step back from this angle, but yeah, uh, I, could, I could be wrong.
2: I just. I've been getting home late on those nights, and nothing. I'm like, well, I want to watch this, or do I want to watch more Survivor? I don't. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: uh,
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't blame you. The 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 Golden Knights aren't gonna let us lose. They scored less than two minutes in both of our times. Yeah. Like it's I, at this point, Aiden, I I really did think before the series that if we were going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals because Logan Thompson returned, Aiden Hales them blind, lights out.
0: Who? Aiden Aiden Hill? I don't even remember where they got Aiden Hill from.
1: He was a, uh, I think, Arizona draft pick who was traded to San Jose for nothing and then traded to us for nothing.
0: So there there you go. Good uh, good work, NHL GMs. Once again, your expertise knows no bounds. Um, Also with us this evening... Now, also not on Twitter at secondcityhockey.com as well. And uh, I think we're just going to roll with a uh, nickname to be determined. It's Eric Gaggenheimer.
3: I appreciate that Jamie Ben's misconduct penalty that he got this evening has reopened the bad things happen. That's why Jamie Ben doesn't like to go down <laughs> rhetoric from many, many years ago for those uh, who remember.
0: Oh, that was that was a good time to be on the internet. There's there's a handful of uh hockey it's like hockey twitter jokes that uh that ex- that exist in uh certain weird corners of the internet. I mean, there's all of those, and then just like Corey various Corey Perry hatred that is uh also part of the same same uh genre of comedy, I guess.
3: Didn't Corey Perry he like infected the league with mumps? <laughs> Wasn't like, that it was like ten years ago. That sounds, <laughs> that, just, that sounds right where, I rem- yeah.
2: I just remember l- them doing the interview with the Penguins and then being like, no, it hasn't impacted us yet. And they literally then moved to Crosby and he had like a like a softball size mump on his face. And you were like, sir, look in the mirror, <laughs> please. I, and then he was out for like two weeks. with the had, had they played Anaheim recently? Yeah, they like had just James played okay. them literally yep, like, like two days before. There
3: it is. Nope, Corey uh-huh. Perry.
2: He looks like he would have.
3: <laughs> he looks like he doesn't really mean he looks he's like like a real human zero. being,
2: but yeah,
3: patient oh. zero for everything.
2: He kind of looks radish, right?
3: He That's looks a- like the kid you go. Wait, to wait! What did with? Taylor
2: Radish do?
0: <laughs> no, not radish. Yeah, I, rat uh, right ish. Oh, sorry. Right, there's a T there, not a D. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> yeah. Notice how I'm not stepping up to defend him like I do Marshamp.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. No defense required. So uh, I, I don't have uh, – there's not really too much else to say about the NHL playoffs right now because it's kind of uh, – as we were just kind of mentioned there, like it's kind of – seems like it's a, a done deal. We're going to have a Vegas and Florida Stanley Cup final, which is going to be interesting. Uh, best of luck to Shea's overall uh, cardiac health. Uh, because... This feels
1: like too much of a jinx. Please, please stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We can I'll... we can trash talk
1: after the series is over and before the series begins. Okay. N- nothing, and we do not talk in the middle. We do not no. discuss. The... <laughs> we <sighs> do not discuss in the middle. Jinxes are for cowards. They don't exist. You're fine. Um... I am very superstitious. I'm like Michael Scott. I'm not a little bit stitious. I am very superstitious.
0: Well, then, uh, to in order to honor your stitiousness. We're going to completely run away from that topic, and we're going to turn our attention to the Chicago Blackhawks, oddly enough, um, because – so as uh, first reported here at Second City Hockey, they've got the number one pick this year, so they're obviously picking Connor Bedard. Uh, But what I wanted to uh, kind of walk through with the group here is uh, this number 19 pick that they have, Um, and and it's part – not only do they have the number 19 overall pick in the first round, they also have – like four second round picks and uh, numerous picks in numerous rounds for uh, several of the next drafts of the next few years. So they have a lot of ammo. Now, as we I think we touched on this a little bit last week that the Blackhawks do need a high quantity of players because they still the prospect pool could use more bodies than it already has right now. And they have some good talent at the top, but more would certainly help with this long term plan that they've got in place. So the idea of possibly trading up with this number 19 pick using all of this extra draft capital that they have um, as a potential avenue for that is something I wanted to explore this evening. But we want to do it in a more with uh, using combination of like the actual, uh, data that exists out there in terms of. How often these trades actually happen because they don't seem to happen in the n h l as much as they happen in other leagues, um what it would take to make that happen, and then just the overall logistics and whether or not it could actually work so here here's where I want to start with the the group here is is really well obviously we're we're gonna pretend you're all interested in this idea, but I guess the question I have for each of you. And I'm going to start with Betsy because I remember you were one of the people that seemed less inclined to agree with this idea when we were talking about it last week. How high up would you want the Blackhawks to trade to make it to pique your interest?
2: Like top ten, top fifteen, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not well. Top ten, uh, probably maybe top twelve. There's like a chunky group. right around between like like after six maybe even after seven um so seven to like 12 or 13 that are all jumbled up all those kids are practically the same um There's a little bit of drop off but my hesitation with this isn't really about value of jumping up it's about real realism of jumping up (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. Well we're we're gonna get to that in a yeah. bit because I I've uh, I've been clicking around a little bit for the last hour, so I've got some some data to support this. Uh Eric or Shay, do either one of you have any more to add? Because right now we're gonna put our target in roughly the going from nineteen to roughly the top twelve of the NHL draft.
1: I'd I would say top eight, eight. after Mitchcroft slides. All
0: right. <laughs> uh, so so uh, Shay said top eight. Eric, what about you?
3: That's why I was going to say the same thing. I think you have to look at, I don't think he gets by Washington. So you have to look at if there's anything you could do to get Washington's pick from Washington, which would put you at eight. Okay. Um, you're okay. Not, I don't think you're getting higher than that. I don't think there's anything you, you could realistically do. That's not nuts, but that okay. might be something if he, if he slides, if he keeps going and he goes that low, that would be interesting.
2: Okay. In, that, in a, in a normal ahead. draft, I would agree top ten, top eight is more preferred. But in this draft, I think you can slide back a little bit. There's a higher quality of mid range first rounders this year. Not yes, as, there's a higher. Yeah, there's a higher quality
1: of mid round of mid round first round prospects. But I don't want mid round first round first round prospects. I want. I want. But I want my Medtrab. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, <laughs> okay. I think
0: the I think the idea here is that if you trade up with that 19 pick. Like you might get like you might get your Taves and Kane in this draft, essentially, like like because the Hawks got those in two separate years. I know they're not going to trade all the way up to number three where Taves was taken. But the idea is you're going to get another franchise fixture type of player by trading into the top 10 to pair with Bedard. And I don't know if that second player would be arriving in the NHL next season necessarily, but it's just it's kind of a – you you have a player that's in the top ten is has a higher chance of being like a star type of player than the 19 pick. So it's just um, it it would be it would I would be another layer of excitement and intrigue around this team that's already been buzzing a little bit with the Bedard stuff. So um, the Mishkov thing is a huge variable here uh, for sure. We should call that out because if he slides down in the draft for whatever reason, the Blackhawks are one of the teams that are best suited to draft him, let him finish out his contract in Russia, and then come over in a few years and hopefully be everything he is rumored and uh, scouted and projected to be. So that that is part of this equation for sure. And I want to mention Eric's point about Washington at number eight, because as I was clicking around and looking at some of these other teams, uh, that was the one team that if you go through the top, top eight, so obviously Chicago at one, and then you've got Anaheim, Columbus, San Jose, Montreal, Arizona, and Philly. Those seven teams are all probably going to make that pick because they need stars in their system. They need talent. They need top-end talent. Uh, they're, uh, they're all in similar boats that the Blackhawks are in right now. Washington is where things get a little bit trickier. And we're going to come back to that in a little bit. But the question I have for the group, and I want you to throw some numbers at me. I looked back the last decade, or so the last 10 drafts from 2022 to 2013. How many times do you think a top 10 pick was involved in a trade? The number of picks that were involved in trades. How many times do you think it's happened in the last 10 drafts?
1: Can I ask a a follow-up question? Sure. Were they knowingly trading a top 10 pick? Like, does the Ottawa for uh, Ottawa San Jose, uh, Eric Carlson trade? Right.
0: Um, I guess, I guess, yeah. uh, it would be the mm. result, there would be the result of the trade then. Cause I didn't think about that, that wrinkle, uh, when you mentioned it. So now that kind of throws the numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. C- completely screwed up everything. I, no, that's a fair question, Shay. But I guess, um, Two, two knowingly,
2: and three where it was a condition.
0: Yes. Yeah. Straight yeah. blood okay. is the that's
2: third. My, that's my decision. That's
0: my well, okay. Cause, well, Eric, do you have a guess? But I, I think because of the, the way I calculated this, it's going to be all the numbers are off a little bit.
3: I I was there with Betsy. I thought it was two and then it would be three. Yeah, with the conditional bottle one.
0: So in the in the last 10 years, there's been eight overall by the math oh. that I counted, which was just... Um, which was which was not based – like they weren't always known that they were going to be top 10 picks at the time of the trade because, okay. for example, uh, the Blackhawks trade for Seth Jones in 2021 ended up being uh, – Columbus got the number six pick in 2022 because of that trade. Obviously, the Hawks sucked so – well, at the time, we didn't think the, – the thinking was that the Hawks might be a little bit better because of the Seth Jones trade. We don't have to go down this road again. But – they ended up getting a number, a top 10 pick in that Seth Jones trade. Uh, and actually both of the trades involving a top 10 pick in the 2022 draft were Blackhawks trades. It was the Seth Jones trade at number six and then Chicago trading, uh, to to get the number seven pick from Ottawa. Orch baby. Interesting, yeah. But the majority of times that, uh, a draft, a, a trade has been made, that involved what ended up being a top 10 pick. There were other players involved, other NHL ready talent uh, involved in the trade. Like you go to 2021, Arizona traded uh, OEL or Ottawa trading Eric Carlson or Colorado trading Matthew Shane or, the, or go all the way back to the Rangers trading uh, or trading for Derek Stepan. I might have meant to say trading for these players, whatever. But you get the point that it's NHL-ready talent that is involved in these trades that is leading to these things happening. For the Blackhawks, they don't have those pieces. They are not going to do that because who are you going to trade to get a first-round pick from the roster right now? It's true.
3: Six guys. (laughs) Seth Seth, Seth
1: Jones with 3.5 million. um, Seth,
0: Seth Jones with Caleb Jones sitting on his shoulders. (laughs) <laughs> and they get to use two sticks. <laughs> so, so the point being that it's um, it's extremely difficult for for the Blackhawks to make a trade like that to um, to get into the top ten uh, that route. I did find three trades in the last four years where it was just a draft pick, uh, draft capital trade. And it seems like this is kind of a good barometer for what it would take for the Blackhawks to move up into the top 10. And uh, then we can see what everyone thinks about this. So 2022, Arizona traded from number 27 to number 11, and it cost them two second-round picks. In 2021, Detroit traded up to number 14 from number 22. It cost them a second and a fifth. Arizona traded up to number 11 in 2019. And it cost them uh, a four the the fourteen. So they moved up three places from fourteen to eleven, and it cost them a second round pick. So what? I don't have ahead. So what
2: was the second one?
0: The second one was Detroit in twenty twenty one, trading and, up.
2: Yeah. What was the movement?
0: Excuse me. They traded up to fourteen from twenty two, and it cost them a second and a fifth.
2: Do you know what the second
0: was? Um, I, the second round pick, it was number 47, and then the fifth round pick was number 137. So it was a middle second round pick, if you will.
2: All right. So I'm, try- I'm trying to think of years of drafts, because some of these drafts were not considered good drafts. Um, yeah. That, I was that's wondering a- yeah, if the, the difference in them is because of that. Because going from, you said one was 27 to 11, and then that one was... 22 to, to 14, so a smaller space, but that other draft might have been considered weaker.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's that's another factor near. I think this this trade, the basically the 2022 draft, this trade with it was Arizona and San Jose. I think this is where if you are interested in this route, this is what you probably need to look at to move up sixteen places. Uh Arizona traded a uh they added they swap uh, swapped first round picks. And to do that, it cost them a second-round pick, which is number 34. So that's like third in the second round, and then a uh, the number 45 pick. So it cost them an early second-rounder and a mid-second-rounder to move up 16 places. The Hawks, uh, if we say they're jumping up 11 for Washington, that's a, it's going to be 11 spaces. And they're also jumping up higher in the draft, so the is a little bit steeper. So I don't know if two second-round picks is going to do it, but – if we hypothetically said they did, would, would, uh, first of all, does that sound about right? If you, if it was going to be two second round picks to move up, does that sound, I
2: think it would, right, take more than that to get to eight, personally. Like just going into the top 10 in this draft feels like it would take more. But if that's all it took, maybe that would be what the Hawks own. F- Second so the op- and top second round six. pictures
0: here are number three in the second round number 12 in the second round number 51 and number 55 okay so the top two so yeah it would be the number 35 and the number 44 shay and eric what do you two think how how would uh and, and I mean, maybe they have to throw in like a fourth or a fifth as well to make it all work. But does this sound enticing to you if I was going to say, take the number 19 pick, throw in these other two high second rounders and try and get up to number eight, is which is where we're targeting right now?
3: If, if Mitch Kov is still available, absolutely. Yeah. I would not be opposed to three second round picks if Mitch Kov is still available and you can do that. OK, because. You're All you're trying to do the whole entire time is hedge your bets, right, and get the best possible player you can get to give you the, the most chance of succeeding at the next level. If he's there at eight, I don't think there's anybody else better than that, probably in the rest of the draft. So whatever you can do, that's that to me is more valuable than whatever lottery tickets you're going to get in the second round.
0: Shay, what about you? You sounded like you were in full agreement, but... Yeah, I agree. If, if mitchcroft is there at eight,
1: go <clears throat> get him because, like, all of the draft, pro, all of the draft experts are saying, like, there's a clear one and two in this draft, and it's not Leo Carlson and it's not really even Adam Van Hilly. Like, the only reason he's not going higher is because he's he's signed to a contract. The Blackhawks can afford to wait. I was yeah. saying if we didn't get Bedard, that the pick should be be Mitch If we can get both of them. If they can get both of them, that's insane. That's your you set for the that's your next decade.
2: Do yeah. you? I agree fully that if all it took was two seconds, even a third a third second probably is not really a big deal either. No, and you know I love quantity. Um, <laughs> I love expanding probability. But um, do you think that it would still cost more if it was Mitchkov versus some other random? Like if you're you're just talking about generally the eighth in this draft, but he's already been taken.
0: Um, it's like Will Smith or Benson. So, I think is another. Have you name. guys
2: have you guys read um, Powers' recent "What I've Heard About the Blackhawks" article?
3: No, I haven't. I saw um, that one. Yeah,
2: they talked about uh, Ryan Leonard, who was an in like he's a. Uh, college hockey kid. Is he college hockey yet? I know he's USD.
3: No, he's yeah. He's in the the development program. still.
2: yeah, he's going, he's going to college, right? Or, yeah.
3: He's uh, going next year.
2: Boston? He's, oh, yeah, he's, Boston. he's
0: on the Sam Renzel
2: route. Yeah. Him and
3: Will. Yeah. Him and Will Smith were going together.
2: Yeah. Um, they were talking about liking him. Like literally when they were saying if they were going to pick like anywhere between third and fifth, they were thinking about him. And it's funny. Cause I had never even heard him be in the conversation of top five. Um, so it was one of those like, would they jump up for him, and would you guys think two two second round picks were worth him? And he's generally ranked anywhere between like eighth to like tenth, twelfth, something like that. He's in that he's in that huddle of kids that are like not quite above not Benson or Will Smith, and obviously not the top four. Um,
0: top five, yeah. I, I guess. That the, my question for the top group would then be: if it's not Mitchkov, if it's this Ryan Leonard or. Any of these other prospects who would be selected at number eight, would you be as interested in trading up to number eight?
1: That is a question that becomes: How much do we trust Kyle Davidson? <laughs> well,
0: that that I I don't have enough data to answer that question accurately.
3: Well, I, I think that's that's the answer to the question. None of us have enough data <laughs> to answer that accurately. Like, obviously, they would do that. If Mitchkov is gone and they still did that, that means that they really, really like somebody who's available then. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's all, you're just trying to give yourself the best odds. So the odds of getting a really good player in the top 10 are so much better than the middle of the second round or even the top half of the second round. So... Mm -hmm. I, yeah I mean I there's not really you know anything that would make me you know pull my hair out or anything or be like how could you do that it's yeah. more just kind of okay well, you know let's let's wait and see what this looks like
2: yeah I'm I, you guys know my I love to post the chart of the exponential yes. <laughs> the slide of trade value and it's yeah. right the top 10 is the value of two second yeah. round picks and probability is a roughly a little bit less than than a top 10 pick um so like technically you're like okay well if i have two second round picks that's not terrible it'll be good in comparison to if i got a top round pick it's just the probability evens out that way but um so yeah i could see that if it's mitchkov you've you've got to jump on it if it's another one you if you really like the kid yes um I Probably even if – like if just – this draft is so interesting because it's so top-heavy. I think it's got better talent throughout, but also I think it's – their top like 15 is a slightly stronger grouping than maybe any other drafts recently.
0: So I – yeah, I – just just like moving up from 19 in general just seems like it – like you might get a better – like the the Mishkov, I didn't, I hadn't really thought about the Mishkov variable when I was doing all this research, and that is a very interesting point that you've all made, and I'm, I, I would certainly listen if, if that became available. Um, actually, I in the article, uh, that uh, the Scott Powers article that was just referenced, it actually says in the article the Blackhawks aren't optimistic about their chances to move up. Yeah. The other team that it specifically calls out is uh, Vancouver at number eleven. Uh, because they got some contracts they're trying to unload, so the Blackhawks would be in a position to uh, to potentially take on a contract as a means of uh, enticing that trade to happen. Uh, that 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 might uh, lessen the lessen the cost to move up from it. It, will, it wouldn't be as much of a cost because you're only going from 19 to 11 instead of 19 to eight. And also, if the Hawks take on a contract, that dwindles the cost as well. So. But then, you mean maybe if, they like,
1: take on a, maybe if they take on a contract, it's not even moving from 19. Maybe you still have 19. Yeah. Well,
2: I don't think that they, I mean, if you look at like past historic top, like even top 15, that's not normally cap dumps are not going to be that high. The
0: only one that I could find as I was going through this list was uh, the Patrick, Mar- it was uh, Carolina yeah. took on the Marlowe contract in 2020 and got up to number 13. And there were yeah, some other they, pieces involved. Uh, like
2: the, they thought it was he was gonna like play with them while. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll say it, it wasn't but,
0: just a strict cap dump. You are yeah correct.
2: Well, it's interesting because I would think like what if you were getting like um, the most common name people throw out is that they want to get out of the Garland mm. um, contract and he's a good player. He's not oh, yes. a great player, but he's a good player.
1: Garland's um, solid. I would take Garland in a heartbeat.
2: So would I. But like would. Could you I don't think you could trade, like they wouldn't give up a first, like their top, their eleventh pick. Well, that's so that's, that's where
0: them. that's where like you would take it would be a Black Hawks second, and you get counter Gar. You essentially would like, well,
2: yeah, Garland plus the eleventh to the Blackhawks for the nineteenth and whatever they're and pick. a seconds maybe instead
0: yeah. of two. Yes, the, <laughs> the, if if you're taking back a contract, why?
1: You shouldn't have to give up a second. I, I think 19 um, for 11 and Garland is fine.
0: That That's where that's where you get into the uh, the, the the negotiation between the GMs. But I think I the, I think that just the general idea here is that it would not cost as much on the Blackhawks end, because by taking on a contract, that's like, yeah, that's part of the cost for sure. you yeah, I mean, yeah, If you want to do that for Leonard. Sure.
2: And Garland's contract is for three more years or two more years. I can't. It's 3, right? 3
0: more years at four. At almost 9, 5 million.
2: Uh, yep. So like you'd be almost like trading like you have one more year of Tyler Johnson so you'd have two Tyler Johnsons and then um Garland's currently better than Tyler Johnson but that's not saying much. Oh yeah. Yeah. It would give uh, Bedard
1: some but better. some somebody's got to play with Connor Bedard. That's yeah. That's
2: what I was just <laughs> yeah, saying. No, I get that. It's just that Garland is also a s- small player too so i know you're gonna want to have like i'm not one yes, of your- he's
1: small but he's also feisty
2: i get that i'm not one of those play people that's like you have to put big guys with him because he's not huge um but i do think you have to put guys that will be stylistically like balanced with him especially in the nhl and especially with you know what they like when uh Zgris and what's his oh my god i'm blanking Troy on the- terry yeah, did that? I mean, like they did the awesomeness, and what did they immediately do? They got fucking punched in the face and jumped. Yeah. Um. One thing you do not want, and I don't want face punchers. Do not. It's not what I want. But oh, you don't want
0: Milan Lucic or uh, no. Ryan Reed? Um, or- oh god! But
2: it <laughs> wouldn't be. It wouldn't be bad to have the guys that need to grind, at, yeah. that are good skilled players and could grind. Um,
1: That's Garland. Know,
2: you definitely want um, a balanced roster. Um I don't know. I just garland is as a little is a wee kid too,
0: so that's um uh, the and that is why I want to come back to Washington because the one contract I, I saw i the one name I saw floated as a potential cap dump in Washington it's not anthony mantha Ooh. Uh Because anthony Anthony Mantha is at five point seven million for it's only one more season, so they're not like entirely um. It's it's not like a, a ma- massive albatross like some other contracts are, but if the Hawks take on that contract as part of the cost of the deal, that could be interesting, and the Hawks are in a better position to take on that contract than anyone else. And I don't
3: think Washington needs to dump that, though. I'm looking – they have like 7.3. They're under the cap right now.
0: Yeah. Well, it's – yeah, it's a matter of whether or not they're looking to – Massively if they, if they, improve yeah, their team. If they're looking to add some pieces elsewhere. That's gotcha. that was that was. This is me, uh, getting armchair GM, uh, uh, getting very experimental. Um, I, 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 I swear, I saw, I thought I saw someone mention that name they, on they, Twitter.
2: I mean, you're not wrong. They, they have space, but they also don't have, um,
0: like a second defenseman. They have John Carlson,
1: and then they got rid of the Yeah, Turner they are Van Riemsdyk.
2: They only have five <laughs> currently signed defensemen, and only ten. yeah 10 forwards so that space is not going to go far yeah. unless they're going to
1: yeah and also if you take Mantha, and that like hopefully gets you out of the third second you can trade Mantha. you can retain on Mantha, trade him at the deadline and rec- recoup some of that it, yeah
0: oh absolutely yeah, yeah. It, like it, it, this is all it's all part of the same you know it's the same mentality of uh, acquiring veterans uh veteran talent to flip at the deadline like well, yeah and that's absolutely why I- right, Shay.
2: That's why I didn't mind Garland. Cause that's why I was saying you're trading because Garland and Tyler Johnson are of similar like size and their contracts similar. So you're about to be rid of Tyler Johnson either just by the end of the year or they're going to trade him. So it's not a big deal if you plug in Garland. I just don't know if you will play with the um, <laughs> dog. <laughs> he might, who knows? Skilled guys got to play with skilled kids, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I I think just the the general like the the exercise here is like th- there could be, uh, well I don't want to say there could be options. It's just that like the Washington thing I would I would like to reiterate. I feel like that was more speculative on my part and uh, and all of us like with the the Mishkov variable in there. So I like I don't want to make either one the people listening to this. I don't want anybody to think that we are saying these things are going to happen. Uh, we just I I wanted to like kind of lay out more of a uh. A data and logistics based discussion on whether or not these things are even possible. And I think there's. It seems like with some of the reporting the powers had that like the the Vancouver at eleven is more possible than like Washington at eight. But if we we're going to armchair GM it uh, with Mishkov, if Mishkov slid down to eight, we'd uh, we'd all be calling calling their offices immediately if we were in that booth. But I guess we're not Kyle Davidson yet.
3: No. We are drunk with power by the way. A little oh. over 2 weeks ago we're like, yeah, we're, they're going to get Will Smith. <laughs> and now we're like, yeah, let's get oh, yeah. let's get Connor kind of and we're going to go get Matt Fitzpatrick oh. and <sighs> yeah, yeah. I I you know what? Whatever
0: dumbass GM Toronto's about to hire because that's how things work at Toronto. Uh yeah, just give whatever whatever players are going to th- they're going to throw under the bus for losing this season, we'll we'll take them. Maybe not this season, maybe a year or two, but We'll, we'll take will Mitch it. Marner.
3: Absolutely. I'm telling you. Seth, yeah. Seth Jones for Mitchie Mitch. Let's do it. <laughs> straight up. Let's go. No, let's go straight up.
2: I feel like it's not, uh, Nylander that's on the outs out there, but that's who
3: knows. Yeah. I, I guess would love pro- it probably depends who the GM is. Yeah. We'll take him too. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah.
0: We'll take them all. All right. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to come back to the other side of this break and uh, well, we'll find something else to talk about, I'm sure. So come on back for all of that.
3: That was off the ankle of Gustav Forsling who's hobbling around on the ice right now. Khrushchev, around him, SCORES!
1: Forsling banged up, he still can't get off the ice. Took that slap shot from Caleb Jones, off the right ankle.
0: Welcome back to Musings. on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, we there's a little bit of Blackhawks news that we wanted to talk about. Um, it's, it's a very minor thing uh, because this is the part of the year that's kind of dead for a while while the rest of the playoffs finish up. And then we'll have like three weeks of insanity with. Uh, the draft and free agency and whatever trades happen. And then everybody NHL goes to a lake house and will adjourn until September. But um, the news that came out this week is that the Blackhawks, they're not going to have the on ice developmental cap that they usually do in the summer. Uh, I believe it's usually July when this happens. Obviously the biggest thing here is that it's uh, it takes away what would have been the first public viewing of Connor Bedard in a Blackhawks uniform. And, uh, I want to read this quote because, uh, it's the Assistant General Manager and Director of Player Development, Mark Eaton, talked about this with, uh, Charlie Romeliotis from Embassy Sports Chicago. And the, the, the reason that one of the reasons he gave is that, um, it's kind of an interruption of their usual usual training schedule. And I'm I'm going to read this quote verbatim from Mark Eaton. Uh, it's, they'll kind of stop their offseason training just to start skating, which a lot of them aren't doing consistently through June. So they put their off ice training on hold to start skating so that they can show up. They can play well when they show up and they do get to Chicago. So by the time you look at when they stop their training to start skating, a lot of times they may give themselves off a week after developmental camp. Uh, you're looking at a whole month of the off season that they're fi- with their physical development that took a backseat. So it seems like the idea here, which I I had never considered this before, that they stop an off season weight training program to get into skating shape to show up at prospect developmental camp, um, which I, I it would make sense because I imagine you can't just if you want to be an impressive rookie at these camps. You can't just roll out of bed and start skating that day. So it takes a little bit of time to ramp up. Um, d- did this uh, did this mean anything to any of you about this quote? Oh, wait, before I get that. Uh, the, Do you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Because there's another quote related to this as well. It's
2: not not really a quote. It's just that Scott Powers mentioned this too. He said, the Blackhawks are holding their development camp entirely off ice this summer. The hockey operations staff decided in December that their prospects were already on the ice too much throughout the season and that they could use the time more effectively to teach the players how to become professional hockey players off the ice. And he says... Specifically, Kevin Korczynski is a great example of this, who's played too much hockey in the last two years. He's played around nearly 200 games in the last two seasons between the regular season with the Thunderbirds in the playoffs, Team Canada, and then playing for the Blackhawks in the preseason. And then he said the Blackhawks probably would have liked Korczynski's season to have ended last month so he could have have already begun the process of adding weight and muscle. Oh, this- Oh
0: oh wait. So, so you want the Rockford ice hogs going deep in the playoffs, but you don't want your first round pick going deep in the playoffs.
2: <laughs> I assume it's probably like different stages yeah. of their development.
0: Yeah. I, I, that was mostly me just being a yeah. smart ass, but <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think going right over my head. It's
0: fine. But yeah, so I like, I, I don't have, like I saw this and, and I think just with, um, a lot of things that have come from the Blackhawks organization lately, like anytime anything is changed, like your bullshit detector immediately gets raised just to see what it is. This does come from the hockey side of operations, not like the business side. And the business side is where the bullshit alarm goes off a lot louder for me these days. Um, so I, I I don't I don't have any like I, I I don't I'm not reading into more into this than what than just taking it at face value, uh, unless one of you can convince me otherwise.
3: Listen, somebody has to make all the Connor Bedard jerseys that they sell. <laughs> it might as well be all their prospects.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, I like, like, like from like the business side of it and which I, I hate that this is where my mind went initially, but like, do you know how much money they could make in a week by just having Connor Bedard on the ice doing drills for half an hour? Like if you charge five bucks a head, they could have it at the United Center, uh, sell merch, like they could make six digits in a week. Nope. Maybe seven. No I mean, questions asked.
2: It's a good thing then maybe. So first of all, I'll take it at face value because they, they did say it was decided in December, which that was well is, before yeah,
0: that is a they point. knew
2: Bedard was going to be a thing, but also there's been a lot of talk about like, should we lower our expectations on Bedard? And I don't think we should lower the expectations because I think he's going to be very good, but maybe we should, stop talking about it so loudly for the kid like (laughs) like and then I could I could totally see how much pressure like you just said put him in the United Center and let him play and it's like that's a lot he seems like a really good kid who knows how to balance that and has a good family that knows how to help him with that kind of stuff but anything the organization can do to de-stress being That's, thrust into the face of the franchise before he's even 18. Um,
1: yeah, can I, can I ask this? Go. When was the last time our first overall prospect had a really, really good first season, rookie season? Was was it,
0: it
3: David. Oh, like the Mc, number one overall pick, you mean? David yeah. was hurt. He was hurt the first half of yeah. his He year, was hurt, but he, so. he, had a, he was more than a point per game in the game. Yeah, he, he was a,
2: more than a point yeah. per game.
3: Awesome. It's Matthews been a while thing. because yeah. the
2: first round guys, the first round pick guys, haven't been. Yeah, so that's good. a
1: lot of pressure to be put on these guys,
3: maybe, and that's what's. And while mostly See, but most of them aren't. For him, it's it's been there already. It's been there all year long. Like it was there at Worlds. It's been all the Regina mm. games have sold out. Everywhere else he's going has sold out. I think. Part of what makes him so good is he's like McDavid. He's like Crosby. He's a hockey robot. Like this is – that's what he does all day long. And that's – listen, if if that's what they're doing and they're doing it for his benefit, whether or not they'd ever come out and say that, I have absolutely no problem with that. No No one should have any type of problem with that. But I don't think you need to do that. On his behalf, you know, thinking it's gonna, you need to shelter him from. No, him. I don't think. I think, so I think either. he's ready for this stuff. Yeah, I don't
2: think so either. I just, I don't think it's like a benefit of it. You know, like it's,
0: it's, it's. It wasn't. It wasn't the plan. It was a, a, uh, a an unexpected uh, benefit bonus. From, yeah. yeah,
2: and I think it would have been an unexpected bonus for anybody they drafted, but especially for Bedard, because I mean, just look at how many tickets they sold. There's obviously like people that are hinging their entire. <laughs> like we are our entire sports (laughs) fandom (laughs) on this one kid. And he's like I said, I think he is ready for it and he's got a good family behind him, but I also don't mind if the organization is taking appropriate steps to make sure that he stays that way. They talked about um, there was like this recent thing where they talked about how they have these like mental health checks now in the Blackhawks organization. And, Oh, all these right. other steps that I'm sure came out of all the dirtiness. Um, but those are some things that I was really interested in. I, I hope they talk about them more because one, I think it should be talked about more in hockey in general, like mm-hmm. and sports in general. And then two, I, I just think it's a cool concept and I would love to, to know what they're doing because in a corporate world, those types of steps tend to be very um, shallow or,
0: just, we're just doing this to save face, type yes. of thing. So it'd be interesting yeah. to
2: see what they're actually doing, um, and see if it would work. Uh, but I, I like that approach, and I don't mind that they're if if it just happens to be like a side benefit of it, then I'm cool with that. But it doesn't sound like it was because of Bedard. It sounds like it was predetermined, way, way, way in advance.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, t- I think Eric, you might have said this, and it might have got lost in the conversation, but. Uh, Austin Matthews was probably the last number one pick to show up and have an awesome season. Uh, he had a nice 69 points in 82 games in his rookie season and won the Calder. So there you go. He was that was there probably the last one because um, all the other ones are it's a lot of uh, a lot of nose. <laughs> like Jack Jack Hughes is awesome now, but his first season was uh, w- was not so much. He had yeah, the
3: same thing can be said for Matty Baneers. Yeah, yeah. So, they're still they're still waiting on Lafreniere. Is it <laughs> sorry. Isn't
2: Maddie in this his rookie season?
3: No, okay. His his
1: his draft his draft plus one year.
3: Yeah. He only he played was, ten games though.
1: He was drafted in games. Yeah, exactly. Year. He again, he, like he was a number two pick and he only played ten games. Like right.
0: Yeah, so he, he didn't have the immediate impact like Connor no. Bedard, fingers crossed is about to. Uh but yes. yeah, I'm I'm, I'm i uh, totally on board the, uh, Maddie Bennear strain. Cause he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. That was, that was my postseason revelation this year was, uh, he, he's, he's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy watching him play hockey. Um, all right. Well, I uh, I'm glad we got we got through that uh, topic because I didn't I saw that and I I spent like a good amount of time like like is this is this bullshit or is this just <laughs> just is is, is, it, well, is this a thing or
3: is this means something stupid is happening behind the scenes? But it's always um, weird when they're like, oh yeah, we decided it in December, but we're just telling yeah. you right now, yeah. Like, exactly. we, nobody said yeah. anything before we got this kid, but yeah. now we got to. Oh yeah, and yeah. But,
0: oh yeah. Oh yeah. We we totally meant to do that. Absolutely. That's like anybody who's like claiming that like the Blackhawks plan worked because they got the number one pick. Like they got lucky as hell that they got this number one pick. I mean, I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to I'm not going to apologize for uh, being happy about it. But they also got lucky as hell. with this. Did you
2: guys did did any of you guys see the like uh, there was a thread going around Twitter that was like, look at this random no name player scoring a goal in that Pittsburgh game. And that's the reason the Blackhawks, like that's, you can, you can pick out any one There's, moment, but it was, it was Buddy Robinson scored in that yeah. Pittsburgh game. They're like, how much, how much history changed? Cause they were like, look, Pittsburgh out of the playoffs for the first time in forever. The Panthers are the number eight, yeah. of the team of destiny. Um, The Blackhawks won the first overall pick. Like they're like, this one game can point to way too much crap. Like that, historical changes.
3: Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. John, if Jonathan Taves scores on that breakaway against yeah, the but, flyers in the final game, yeah,
2: but, but that only impacts the Blackhawks. that game against Pittsburgh impacts the current, um, it's, it's
0: the butterfly effect.
2: Yeah. It's the butterfly effect. Of oh my the, God. The playoffs are huge. Like again, but, uh, Pittsburgh just destroyed all their, um, Whatever. Oh, and then the, the Leafs finally got in. Like, it changed the Leafs position in the, in the postseason. And also, they were like, look how the trickle-down effect of this. And I was like, that's crazy, but here it is. Hold on. Florida doesn't make uh, if this doesn't happen, Florida doesn't make the playoffs. Pittsburgh does. Chicago doesn't get Bedard. The Bruins don't blow a 3-1 lead. The Leafs versus Bruins round two probably happens. Kyle Dubas maybe doesn't get fired. Montreal maybe gets a lottery pick. Like, there's all kinds of yeah. Like random things people it's Such, going around. Just just search Buddy Robinson and <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> probably the only, the only time, time Buddy Robinson you know, exactly. ever attended. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you'll have to find plenty of other Buddy Robinson tweets to sort through. But just look, it's just latest, you would be fine. But that's just weird. Buddy Robinson. Well, but we're sure he's a nice guy, right? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: His name is Buddy.
0: Yeah. Hey, he's not your buddy guy. All right. Uh, I think that's, uh, I I don't have any other hockey topics to talk about. Uh, uh, Shay's nights are still uh, up for nothing on Dallas. So I don't think we uh, have to worry about jinxing them in this game. Uh, so, so that series looks like it's headed to a potential sweep. So I, I guess it's, uh, it's food take time as the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet. And, um, I I think this is Eric's turn. I think, Eric, uh, you had one for the group. It was more of a a food thought or discussion prompt, so uh, please go right ahead.
3: Let me try to pull it up from what I sent you before. Okay. Uh, Where is it?
0: Because I'm happy to report to the group that for the second weekend in a row, I had sausage and Jardinera pizza, and my life is just substantially improved, and I'm going to have to find a place this coming Saturday to get it again, I guess, because that's just – Saturday is just going to become sausage and jardinera pizza. from. Well, actually, it was on Sunday this weekend. So uh, just I got to find a sausage and jardinera pizza every weekend. I guess that's where I'm at now.
3: Or just get jardinera and then have your own. Get a decent okay. sausage pizza from somewhere you can add okay. that yourself to. Um, so the thing that I had, the thing that I said to Dave was, what food item do you think that you could eat the most of in one sitting?
0: So I've I've been thinking about this a little bit today. So uh, I can I'll stall for time and give everyone else a bit of an opportunity to think about this. Um, the immediate thought is is that it cannot be any sort of meat product because anything with high amounts of protein in it is not going to be conducive to this exercise. Um, I I would assume. So uh, you're looking I've, you're probably looking in the carba in the carbs world and oh I, yeah. I think I land. I have a couple here though, I, where I'm going to start though. Well, here, there's a very obvious one. I think that most people will go to and I'm going to skip that one. I think I could put down an ungodly amount of French fries. I yeah. think that's, that's where I'm at. French fries is going to be my pick.
2: If you're talking about like sheer weight of something, um, <laughs> potatoes are a good choice, like fries or whatever. um, I once sat at an all you can eat sushi place. Ooh. uh people were coming and going, and I was there for five hours and I have no idea how much I ate, but it was way really too much. <laughs> <laughs> like I was there for like f- almost five hours. It was a uh, like our volleyball team did like we did really well one year in high school, and literally it was like, "Come and go as you you can, but I was riding with the coach, so I stayed the whole time. And yeah, I eat a lot of sushi and I bet I could still eat a lot of sushi in one go.
0: They're small. And like I feel like there are usually a lot of rice in there. Yeah. Often. So rice is rice is something that I think you could eat high quantities of. So as long as there's not too much like fish or other protein rich items in there. I, I I would I think sushi's on the board for sure. It was <laughs> it?
3: Go ahead. I was going to say, doesn't seaweed expand in your stomach, though? Isn't that the thing? Like Kobayashi always ate a bunch of seaweed because it stretched his stomach out. Oh, my God.
0: I, I have I, no idea. I can't. Like, that sounds like just crazy enough that somebody that was a professional competitive eater, which is just the most bizarre <laughs> sentence or just the bizarre title I've ever heard of. <laughs> but the fact that, like, that was something that he he probably did research into and discovered he could get an edge that way.
2: Maybe the reason oh, I some... eat a lot of sushi is because I eat a lot of sushi already. Yeah, I'm already stretching my
0: stomach out. <laughs> Yo, dog! I heard you like sushi, so we're gonna give you some sushi on top of your. Sushi.
2: Um. All this discussion reminds me of that scene in The Hunger Games when they're at like the thing, and they, they at, there's a drink, and she's like, "What do you drink?" Like she says something, and they're like, "We're gonna drink this; it'll make us throw up, so we can eat more." Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all I'm. Doing.
0: Ugh. Okay. Sorry. Do they do they blood test for seaweed at the uh, eat hot dog eating contests? Because that's an illegal uh, an illegal benefit.
1: I mean, okay, it's common practice for competitive eaters to the night before a competition eat just a ton of grapes because that also expands the stomach out.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is is that your entry into the? Uh, into no, the my discussion?
3: entry is is living in San Antonio. If you gave me like a mountain of chips and like a big bowl of queso, I could tell you that whole thing though.
0: Ooh, chips and guac, yes. Ooh, yeah, Ch- chips and uh, and most dips, I'm I'm in. Yeah, Ooh.
2: I feel like most appetizers that are like carb based would be You're know, like I could just sit here and <laughs> eat this. It'd be a problem. <laughs>
0: Eric, Eric, this is your yeah. I feel no the
3: the chips and dip kind of leans into my thinking, which is if you you had to have something that's kind of two different tastes at the same time, because I think if it's just the same thing, like hammered over and over and over and over and over, eventually you just it would start to disgust you. You couldn't stomach it anymore. I don't know. I feel like if you caught me in the, I could eat two boxes of cereal easily, Ooh. a little bit of milk and just sit, if I'm in the right mood I could totally, that's probably what I feel like I could take down the most of
2: my nephew once ate a family size thing of the white cheddar Cheez-Its oh, and then my went my to God. town like the family size, it was like really oh, big
0: Jesus.
2: <laughs> he ate it like we were we were like just watching movies instead of having popcorn, that's what he had and I noticed he put the box down and then he reached for goldfish um, oh like that is a dentist's worst nightmare, right there. Yeah.
3: Is he still alive? Like, yeah, I was he was. fine. He R. was, R. Five, he was like twelve, oh.
2: so his metabolism See, was like uh, nothing. But i uh. yeah,
3: teenage boys. That's the most hungry. I just remember coming home from school <laughs> and just that's eating true. until dinner, and just nonstop. Like, and my parents being like, "What is wrong with you?"
0: <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like a
3: movie when you get like infected with the space. Alien, and then your parents go to your room, and there's just rappers, and like you eat a cat, and just it's like, nonstop.
0: It's like you're eating for two. It's for you and the space alien in your
3: closet. Exactly. I'm uh, laughing at Mark Stone bait in front of Max Domi.
2: Oh, I, I, they're I saw all laughing too. at him every um, <laughs> Because I'm not watching Survivor, I have the game on in the background on silent. <laughs> so every time somebody laughs at Domi, I'm like, <laughs> you are fine on my team, but I don't care.
0: Yeah, well, just, just get ready for him to come back in free agency in the summer.
2: Uh, that Powers article seemed to suggest it wasn't going to happen. Let's oh, really? Good.
0: I, like, I just, we had Max for first season. It was fine. Nothing bad happened. It had to
2: do, totally had to do with yeah. the fact that they were like, he probably wants a oh, longer really? contract of the Blackhawks.
3: Well, go, going into this series, he played pretty well in the playoffs, and it looked yeah. like he might have priced hey. himself out. Hey. So watch him do something incredibly stupid <laughs> in the next game to drop his price tag all the way back down.
0: Hey, I hope Max Domi gets $6 million for six years somewhere, just not in Chicago. There's 31 other places I'll be fine with him getting all the money he wants.
3: The problem is he's already been to like 12 of them. <laughs> yeah. and they, they already know him at this point. So
0: I, I
2: also feel like that whole thing was – contingent on the fact they were like do we loved it here and it was like yeah but he it's because he liked patrick kane like yeah, that's true <laughs> he liked playing with patrick well, kane and the team
0: and that's gone now well but there is a shiny new toy on the no, way no no but so. i mean
2: like as a person he became friends oh, okay. with kane really quickly like there are a lot of players that have left that have been like i liked playing with kane but i liked being his friend more and <laughs> you're like yeah, yeah. okay the hockey nerd ones, which I wouldn't yeah. assume Domi would have been, but they like clicked really quickly. Like, Same like, thing with Andrew Shaw; they clicked really quickly. And I, I would say like
0: that. like Strom and DeBrinket were I think two other uh, people in that category. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, Schmaltz. Schmaltz was his boy too.
0: Yeah. Uh, really, back to the food discussion really quick. Like I thought somebody was just going to say pizza because that seems like the most obvious one, and I was going to double down with a specific uh, and just say cheese pizza because that's. You get rid of any toppings that could. Uh, I I actually think
3: pizza's too heavy.
0: Yeah, and I would cheese. say if there's not too much cheese on it.
3: It depends on the pizza too, because if there's this weird thing where the more processed the flour is, like when you eat a lot of pizza and you feel bloated, it's because it's typically it's it's crappy flour. Oh. So depending on like the ferment and what type of flour they use in the pizza, sometimes it's really hard. And I, then obviously, if you're talking about like pan or anything that's stuffed, like. Couple of pieces and you're out.
0: I, I would, yeah, like I would hear more. I would hear more about these pizza details. I, 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 yeah, I, well, I would that's, never.
3: If, if you go to Italy, if you go, you know, and you yes. eat pizza in Italy, all the pizzas there are made to be individual. They're all like 12 inch pizzas. But the wheat, it's harvested behind the pizzeria half the time and it's milled right there. So you're getting such good quality wheat. I've heard like pizza chefs and pizza buddies go over there and they'll eat 10 or 12 pizzas in a day and not even be full and be like, I felt great because they're able to digest it so much easier. I (laughs) thought that
2: was sugar based because like whenever anybody talks about Italy and they're like, well, they eat a ton of pasta, but they, it's like, it's a combination of, well, there's not as much sugar and it's not processed as much. And then walking, obviously the walkable cities, but, um, I wouldn't have thought flour I just never thought about it like that.
0: So, uh, second city hockey staff trip to Italy soon because oh, uh, you, mean, you mean a place I can go eat a dozen pizzas and not feel terrible about myself? Yes, sign me up immediately.
3: If only we would have bet on them winning the lottery pick, then yeah, we we could all be <laughs> in Italy right now.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Well,
2: actually, I believe
3: cool. the Blackhawks did the most money in terms of betting on the lottery,
1: so the the odds probably weren't that good.
0: Yeah, they were really. They were really. Um, the, uh, yeah, we had like we have to remember the script writers designed it this way that the Blackhawks were going to get the number one pick. So. That's
3: right. The fix was in.
0: Yes, it was. Isn't it
3: great? <laughs> what are the odds of them trading for Mitchkov? Let's do that.
0: Uh, I well, all the writers are on strike right now, so I don't know. Oh, that's right. I yeah, my my inside information's gone, but I'll uh, I'll see if I can find something. Maybe maybe the maybe somebody messed up and something good will happen for like the Flyers or some other team that's been <laughs> historically inept for a while.
3: Uh, no, they just got Keith Jones, so there's no way that they're not doing anything smart Correct. This. Yeah.
0: this. Uh, ap- apologies to all the, the Philly fans. In the, um, who's the Who's the
3: biggest, toughest guy that might be in round one? That's exactly who we're going to take.
0: Uh, is Ryan Reeves old enough to have a child in the draft yet? Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, that's. Uh, I think that'll do it for this episode, <laughs> unless there's any other final thoughts before we get on out of here get on out of here. Like we're the Dallas stars in the conference final. You. Hey, Oh, Dallas or Carolina.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Carolina
0: to
2: like reverse jinx. <laughs> <every time>. Like <laughs> I, think, up. I
0: think, I think Carolina is going to at least make that. I don't think that's going to be a sweep. I feel like Carolina
3: is going to Carolina has lost 11 straight games in the conference hey. finals. They
2: have to Bob, figure Bob, out. Man. Bob has almost like a 12. Like he saved almost 12 goals above expected. They need to figure out what to do about him.
3: <laughs> I feel. Well, I mean, How do is, they get Barkov, is Barkov out? Have they said anything about him today? I haven't seen anything. I haven't, I haven't anything. seen any
0: updates either. That sounds Other like than- they're going to they're going to keep it low. Uh, keep it low key. It just there's a headline at the NHL website. It says they're optimistic he's going to play, which means nothing for
2: they should sit him for the game and like keep him safe in bubble wrap.
0: Yeah. No, I I'm just I'm I feel like that Bobrovsky dam is going to break at some point. It may not even be till next season, but I could also see it happening with uh, a certain team in the Stanley Cup final because that <laughs> that it just seems seems a little little unsustainable. Maybe that all well, these all the saves he's making.
3: He's good in the odd years,
2: and short burst samples are.
0: Rife with PDO. Yeah. There you yeah. go. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. But I think that is gonna do it for this year episode, Amusings on Madison. Uh thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thanks to everyone who's been following along at the website or signed up with a subscription or however you've been interacting with all of this stuff we do here, we very much appreciate it and we're looking forward to having a lot more fun with Wherever the hell this ride's taking us down the road. Uh we might be back next week. We might not. Like there's not too much happening for the next few weeks. So we might put the uh the musings on Madison episodes on hold for a bit. But we've got some Friday shows working a, their way through the pipeline. So we're gonna have we'll have some podcast stuff for you to to get you through some work days if you need uh something to distract you. Uh so hopefully that'll help you out. Uh I'm on Twitter at DML57 is at your host's witness the other two are not on twitter but they're at secondcityaki.com where you can find all of our stuff um i think that's going to do it for this episode and we will talk to you next time whenever that next time is